get this party started. That's how she sang it. Let's get this party started. Get this party started right now. What was that old pink album that she did? There you go. Looking pitiful. Just because I let you go. There you go. Talking about you. Want me back? Sometimes the bees like that. Really? That was pink? Yeah. It sounded like a Cheetah Girl song. Yeah. Low key. They probably snapped it. They probably need to go back and check that. I like that one. I'm safe up high. And then her. Oh, why do I feel this party's over? Sober. Oh, sober. Oh, yeah. I'm safe. Yes, buying the music. Lime well, when I days. was tor- uh, torrenting, <laughs> yes, LimeWire days. Don't send me to jail. <laughs> I'm not saying I actually did it. I'm just saying those. That was the era. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't own a, like. I didn't own a computer. Who? Yeah, me neither. Like no. I, I didn't know about what was it? iMesh. Was I was it? buying CDs. Morphe- like, Pirate. Ba- I don't know. Pir- oh no. no. no, no, no Napster. That. What is that? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, okay, so <laughs> welcome back to the Dance Union Podcast, where we are over here talking about the raspy, the rambunctious, the, I'm just saying shit at this moment, the radiant, the radical. It's actually pretty radical. R is a good actually, word. Like, yeah, yeah, R is a good word. Let me start over. <clears throat> welcome back to the Dance Union Podcast, where we talk about the radiant, radical, radioactive, rambunctious, rampant, rebellious, and reliable. Mm. World of dance. World of dance. Also repetitious. <laughs> <laughs> of of oh life of being a dance being a dancer. It's it's the it's about the life of being a dance artist. Life. Yes, I am Jay Bowie. I am Melanie. And I am Wendell Gray. And this is the, the dance, dance union. union. I'm safe up high. Nothing can touch me. This is the music comes in. Oh, why do I feel this party's over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can look at the word. You know I'm going to add that to my iTunes. Yes. You know what I used to do um, in my economics class my senior year of high school? Me and my friend Mallory, it's our eight-year anniversary of being friends on uh, Facebook today. Me and my friend Mal. Me, 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 me. Um, we used to go to, like, let's type in, like, Sober by Pink Lyrics. And the whole class would just look up songs and literally just sing the whole Ooh, thing yeah. in class. I don't want to be the girl. That's more Britney in it. Yeah, yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was sorry. like, okay. Do it again. Do, can you sing this as Britney? No. I yeah, you try, can. Though. I can't see that. You need to zoom in? I don't want to be the girl who lies the loudest. Oh, my God. <laughs> or the girl who never wants to be alone. Oh, my God. I don't want to be the call of four o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness, this is so good. I'm the only one you know in the world <laughs> that won't be home. I'm safe up high. Nothing can touch me. Why do I feel this party's over? No pain inside. You're my protection. Oh my God. But why do I feel it's good it's sober? Uh, oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why was that the thing that sold records? Uh, oh. that. Yes. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's so do gross. it, do it. People cringing in their headphones. Right. Um, People are like, let me turn this down. Um, yeah. How are y'all doing today? I'm feeling rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed. I'm yes. snatched. Uh, Come on. <laughs> Sananached. I am. I am booked and blessed. Come on, booked, right? I'm booked. Honestly, to be honest, like I'm booked and blessed. I can't show up in places I want to show up because I'm working, and that is, it's a wonderful excuse, but also it's the truth. Like you know, my friends can't always show up 
because we out here working. So I'm like, right. every time I look at him, I'm like, look, booked and blessed. Well, I, I wish just... there was a booked and be- blessed uh, Instagram for New York. Because, you know, there's the one that's kind of rude in L.A., and theirs is so funny. How's it go? I got to look it up. Oh, yeah, I got to see it. Booked and blessed. There's an Instagram account called Booked and Blessed, and they post some of the funniest memes for dancers. But it's like nice. for L.A. industry dance? Yeah, mainly. They be talking about like those choreographers. Well, I just moved into another tax bracket, so I'm not, and I'm not complaining. Come on, another. Up. Oh, it's, oh, no, that's not it. Uh-uh, where'd it go? Is it a hashtag? No, this oh. is the page. It looked like it got taken down. Oh, that's rude. I'm a hashtag this episode, Booked and Blessed. Because we were talking about money. Booked and Blessed. Right. Wendell, can you give us a transitionary step? I okay, have... so we're going to do three pot of uh-huh. across the floor. Uh-huh. We're going to do a tour jeté. Uh-huh. And then... Freestyle. Okay, so we're going to potabere, potabere, torjete, freestyle into the next segment, mm-hmm. which is the shit that you didn't learn in dance history class that you probably should have but didn't. Didn't I already say that? Maybe. But to be extra, I'm also going to heel toe and grapevine. Oh, um, I haven't heel toed in a long time. <laughs> but just yes, get, it's get all the like, heels on the ground. Yes, it's kind of in the <laughs> upper body, too. It's, uh, uh, it's like mashing grapes. Um, yes. <laughs> it really is. So today, I'm just going to bring up this fabulous dance that I'm sure you've heard of, and but maybe you haven't seen, and it's called The Black Bottom. Ooh. All right? Well, the I black, know a few black bottoms. Right? Well, The Black Bottom <laughs> is a dance which became popular in the 1920s. Y'all are so extra. <laughs> See, and this is why it's no longer a dance, because y'all don't know how to act. <laughs> <laughs> Continue the black mm. bottom. The black bottom was hot in the 20s, mm-hmm. okay? And some may say today. Um, <laughs> also known for the, is like in the jazz age and the flappers. Okay, so it originated among African Americans in the South, but it eventually hit mainstream. So I tried to look this dance up, and I was really saddened because all I could find were like very straight white women oh, doing it on Broadway, or like mm. there's one video that said the real black bottom, and I'm like, yeah. So I actually don't, I still don't know what it looks like because um, the only things I've seen have been extremely watered down. I'm gonna have to look it up and stare at it. Yeah, because I'm curious of like what are we doing now that's like the the black bottom 2018. The what? name's just been taken and So y'all look up the black bottom <laughs> and for folks I, who know this, if uh, you know like a type good I should you should also hit black bottom dance. I did type No, I'm saying some people might Google the like black oh, bottom I'm sorry. and then find their cousin out there and next thing you know you're cousin. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, if you're interested, Google black bottom comma uh-huh. dance. There you go. Um and see what you what you pull up. Yeah. Get back. There so you it's go. a it's a it's a African based dance style. It originated, yes, in the rural South. In the rural South, that um, was the 1920s. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to what the. Uh, I mean, it shows up w- with the Charleston. That's and what some I'm looking for. Wasn't Charleston called something else before probably. people got a, got a hold of it? Probably, just like the Lindy Hop. Wasn't mm. that something else yeah. before? No, there was something. It was something about like I was remember I danced history class. There was something about like mud. Mm. And like squashing or something. I bet it was called like crowfish, crow hopping or something. Well, something like you know something picking any like move or yes, uh, porch monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of black Can bottoms we? as well, you know the mayor of Atlanta. You better transition. No, her her name is Keisha Bottoms. Her name is Keisha Bottoms. You better you know what you need to like Bottoms office. You just can't you can't get any more Atlanta than that. You, Keisha one Bottoms. I mean. The city of bottoms. God bless Atlanta. We're talking about dance careers that aren't aren't the typical ones. We're not talking about to be a professional dancer on the stage. We're not talking about the choreographer life. We're not talking about the teacher life. We're talking about the careers that help support those those careers and also are like supplementary jobs and um, careers to have that we're using now to like make sure the lights stay on and our rent is paid on time. Right, and, and that we can eat. Well, mm-hmm. and take Ubers when we want. Yeah, I think let's start with what we're doing. Like, what are we doing to support our, um, mm. you know, dance endeavors? I'm writing. Mm-hmm. What are you writing? What am I writing? I write mm. for a online dance magazine. Mm. Is it a dance magazine or is it the dance magazine? 
It's oh, I'm I'm writing for two, so mm-hmm. one's A and one's D. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What else am I doing? I'm working on writing a book because that's important. Yes. Um, I'm doing a lot of admin stuff, social media management, mm-hmm. event planning. Oh. That's what I got. Nice. A full plate. A full plate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I stay hungry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what about y'all? Nice, Marquis. I I teach study skills to middle school, some late elementary school, and some high school kids. So about how to stay more organized and how to take better notes or how to read the information that you're given um, a little clearer. Yeah, so I do that, and I also teach ballet. I know that's dance-related. Yeah. And I also um, I, I do choreography for kids in uh, competitive dance or, like, yeah. the convention scene. Yeah. And that's because I came from it, and a lot of the kids that I grew up with are doing it, and I, I just choreographed my sister's solo. So, yeah, those are the things that, Fund my life. Yes, that fund the life. I mean. Maybe you're mad at your mouth. <laughs> right. Um, I think there, I think just, well, I, I first let me give you what I do. What do I do? Shit, what do I do? I do a lot of teaching, actually. That was, that's actually what I went to school for before um, I changed my mind and wanted to pursue a professional dancing career. Off, like real wholeheartedly because I was a dance education major for the first three years of college and then I dropped the education part so I went through all the training to be an education major just didn't get the certification or certification <clears throat> with that being said I do a lot of teaching of dance but actually one of the jobs I'm hoping to leave mm-hmm. is to um, I teach leadership an after school program which I was lucky enough to have like a lot of free range of what I got to teach so I was basically teaching them about systems of oppression and how that um, how they have the power to dismantle it now, which was fun for me um, to get little get little Malcolm X's out in the world. Yes. <laughs> um, but what I mean, also I'm trying to think of other things that I've done. Like I also used to work at like um, what do you call that thing? Best Western. I used to work at Best Western as a like reservation agent, mm-hmm. making reservations for hotel rooms. Um, I used to work as a server, like I did those kind, those kind of things. Um, I have a, I'm a personal trainer, so I do that from time to time, mostly for myself because I don't <laughs> have time for other people at this moment. Um, but that, you know, just trying to stay. I was just trying to stay busy until like the the experience that I had in dance started to bring in the money as well. And I think that I'm in that transition into that where all my endeavors will be dance related. Um, they will be within choreography, performance, and teaching, though. But that's just because I like those three traditional models. Um, working in admin, actually running this podcast is like admin, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like it's not generating generating any revenue as of today. But in and of itself, that is a larger goal, and also um, it requires a lot of like administration. So I learned those admin jobs from working with nonprofits, mm-hmm. uh, like Gibney Dance. I worked with. Um, this nonprofit back home in Arizona called Dancers and Health Together. Yeah, so admin was always very, very near and dear, but I'm also learning that a lot of people do admin in New York at, at some point to like get a footing because it helps you get a understanding what the lay of the land is and or what this specific institution is. So I always sure. advise that, like intern somewhere if you can afford to intern. So what are some of the other things you can do in our field that is revenue generating and still within it. I know like one thing I'm I would like do in another lifetime mm-hmm. is costume design. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a costume designer and yeah, when I see him create these things and sell his work, I'm just like, yeah, that that's keeping me afloat cuz there's there's like money. It's it's a cost And it's aid. so important. Like yeah. I remember growing up like you'd always see everybody's got them black damn pants and a leotard mm-hmm. and it's like, you know oh. what? There's a larger palette than your black all the more. time. Yo. Can you stop shading me? Babe, I'm not shading you. I'm not shading you at all. <laughs> but wait, is that all you wear when you dance? It's black pants and a black shirt. Actually, in New York, haven't worn black on stage yet. Thank you, Jesus. I, pre- I would prefer it. Can some? Would you let someone else design your costume? Like, look at your work and say, really, these colors are really speaking to this work. Would you? Would you ever be Depends open on the to work. that? It depends on the work, because like, there's some works that um, are purposefully like 
casual, minimalistic, like the space between words. This is, is mm-hmm. it, the point is that we look like we are just in rehearsal. I mean, but you let Wendell wear red. I didn't let him oh, wear red. He, he pretty <laughs> much chose it. Well, no, I, I wore it the first show. Yeah. And, and then we bought another pair. That yeah. So. So, yeah, there, I mean, so what I'm saying, like I said, I purposely didn't wear black because um, I know black is just boring on stage. But I mean, I prefer it, it. You prefer it. Well, and this is something else I like about the work I make. It, it allows me to sort of exist outside of the, my everyday. Mm-hmm. So this is why, you know, I have this character where she's, you know, nude and gold because, mm-hmm. yeah. like, I'm not going to walk around like that every day. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And then to have somebody, like, if you had the funds to be able to really hire somebody to, to do that, then you would, like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a job. Right it's, a, it's, it's a budget item right now for me. But also it's a, it's a, skill that you learn that you can also probably use to create some revenue for yourself as well oh yeah for sure yeah mm-hmm. um what i else? also think of lighting design that's yeah. huge I'm super i would totally be into doing that yeah huge, it's huge, just huge. as interesting as choreography right there's dramaturgy mm-hmm. oh but i think that one feels like uh in the realm of like dance consulting which i really like to be and Which is a th- yeah, it's a thing too. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, I like dramaturg. Am I saying it right? Dramaturg, dramaturg. You are a dramaturg. You do dramaturgy. Okay, mm-hmm. so to be a dramaturg, um, can you explain that? Because I I know what it is, but like I don't have the language. Can you do it? A dramaturg is someone who is very knowledgeable about context and about mm-hmm. things that exist inside the world that you're creating, and mm-hmm. things also outside of it, and they provide information, history, and references to help you know, fill out the work that you're creating. I mean, there's a lot more involved in it, but that's Mm -hmm. sort of the gist of it that I have. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who works as a dramaturg um, on many different projects like Auxiliary, and I'm I'm actually really interested to know what like their rate is do they get how often do they get paid you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like what's the frequency how often do they work in specifically in that line of work so if anybody out there is a dramaturg please email us or contact us on i just emailed needs. one to see if they want to be on this podcast mm-hmm. but she's great. a dramaturg for um a presenting like organization oh so she helps provide dramaturgy for every presenting artist who comes in who wants wow. that service so yeah. it's oh it's institutional for her at that point yeah it's beautiful in it um, all this also Alex Romania um, films like documents other people's work. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to like, and that's a that's the avenues you can invest in in New York is like get your filming equipment, and then um, advertise to folks that like you know I can document because one of the things that's most important for presenting art or artists who want to choreograph or show their work is having good quality video that they right. can use for their work samples. So that's huge. Which is also different from like. I mean, not different, but I'm thinking also of art of archivists mm-hmm. who, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like there's a, a certain skill set there too. To be an archivist. Yeah, versus like there those that video like that will provide like footage to create promos and things yeah. like that. But then yeah. there's this other side of it that's the archival of yeah. the work. There's like so mm-hmm. much information around work. Oh yeah. Um, I think so many people are multi-talented and have all these things. And I guess it's important to say right now that it's not too late, especially if you're already dancing and you want to yeah. jump into something else. I think it's just when you really enjoy it. Like everyone I know who does film and dance or mm-hmm. photography and dance is just like it really pulled them in. Yeah. And Oof, they're really enjoying themselves as they're doing it, which yeah. I think is so important. And even better is when you are working with a photographer or, or a videographer who who has been trained in yes, dance. Yes, yes, the yes, way yes. they capture movement and like the angles that they find mm-hmm. are pretty, like they're captivating. Truly. I think one of the advices that I have along with that then will be if you ha- already have a, another interest along with like moving your body in front of people, if you have another interest, to explore that and ask if that can create a sense of revenue for yourself. Mm-hmm. But And if it can then ask yourself if, uh, well, not ask yourself, I think it would be advantageous to be very niche with your market. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like a videographer for everybody, like stay a, sp- a specific dance videographer because in that way, um, the value that you have is not the fact that you're a videographer, it's that you have immense knowledge about a very specific space. And I, as a as a content creator, I will always go to somebody who has a relationship to dance before I will go to somebody who just has a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And that's also for like, um, 
the logo that I did for dan- for the dance union, I made sure I hit up somebody who was a dancer who I danced with before, who also is a graphic designer. Graphic designer is another one, Tyrone Bevins and my friend um, Bianca Benson, who her- runs her own um, company called DigiB Studios. They are dancers who also use their skills in uh, graphic design, which is so important. It's so huge. Mm-hmm. And then that makes me think about project management. I know someone who has Ooh. their own like production space where they provide services for artists, whatever they need. Yeah. If it's like a babysitter, if it's mm. someone to like reserve their space to, you know, um, helping to produce a show, social yeah. media marketing. Yeah. And and they are really niche in that way of like, and they also really support work that and in the community that they want to support that they don't feel like are getting yes. the resources. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sound editing and sound yeah. design. That's definitely oh, what that's I'm huge. interested in. Yeah. Um, and I've loved that. When I was in high school and even elementary school, I would cut music for people, mm-hmm. for parents and studios, and they would pay me for it. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, oh, this is cool. But, yeah, it's, it's a marketable thing that a lot of people need. It sound is just so cool. Yeah. I, and I think it's cool that everyone who does more than two things, like, yes, it's marketable, but also it's another lens onto what you do mm-hmm. and a way, a point of view to see it. Yeah. yeah. Which is make your work stronger. Yeah. Also, visual. Uh, what is it? Virtual. Like there are people who understand Isadora mm-hmm. and those yeah. different type of software that helps amplify what work is doing and how it looks visually. Ooh, here's a big one that I'm like I'm actually looking into now is um, for someone who deals with environments and landscape. Mm-hmm. So someone who can like curate a space based off of a certain like idea or feeling. I think is important. So like someone who can curate spaces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Set it up. Curate spaces. Yeah, no, that's, that's ooh. Yeah. That's good. It's um, a cool way. Oh, go ahead. Another one I was thinking of is it's actually a little less obvious is um, to be a lawyer, full-time lawyer and professional dancer. Mm. Um, Dance Magazine did a cover, uh, covered a story of Justin Lynch, who um, I know personally, and um, he danced with Alyssa Monte Dance for a time and also is working as like a freelance artist, I believe. But he is a full-time lawyer. He has his law degree and he does that, but he also is a professional dancer. So like law and dance are also connected and has have a through line. So I think if there are, I would love to see more lawyers who are either profi- previously dancers or um, are currently dancers to represent dance because part of the, I'm learning that in, in general, part of the issue that we have as dancers is that we um, don't fit in perfectly with the legalese that is set up mm-hmm. in this country. Yeah. So to have somebody reinterpret that to make sure that we get the benefits that we deserve is really important. And that makes me think about um, financial planners, yeah. tax preparers. Yes. Um, I work with someone who works specifically with freelance artists, yeah, which her. is huge. Oh, yeah. So you went to her. Mm-hmm. And I actually got a return this year because she Yo. knows what she's talking about. She is amazing. Yeah. Um, so we got so we got like needs, needs that need to be met that you can also do as a dancer and if you have knowledge there. Um, so I tell my students, I keep referencing the um, Justin Lynch, Leaping Lawyer. You can find him on Instagram uh, at Leaping Lawyer because um, some of my students are like, oh, I want to be a nurse, but also like don't want to stop dancing. And I'm like, you don't have to stop. You might have mm-hmm. to focus on one for a time, like – if you're going to college to get your degree, uh, get your nursing degree, then yeah, you probably will be dancing a lot less. But that doesn't mean that you have to like get your nursing degree and never dance again. Mm-hmm. You could be a nurse and then also be dancing in a company, freelancing, creating your own work, or dancing in some or dancing on any level essentially that you want to dance in. And also, um, I think a part of it, a part of like your flexibility to do two things that seem like contradictory, have a lot to do with your ability to do both well. Mm-hmm. So like when I go into certain spaces, um, not when I go into this, when I was working at um, IHOP and as a server, maybe that doesn't work because a lot of people go into serving because there's a flexibility within the work. I mean, within the within the job already. When I was working at a full time office position at the Best Western Place making reservations, I was able to really like speak with my supervisors and cater a schedule that worked for me because I was essentially a badass there. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I knew that I needed to have flexibilities within the work. So I went in for like the first 90 days and like tried to slay it as hard as possible try to get the highest metrics, try to play the game. And literally, like, because I go by Jay, but my name, um, 
is not that on government <laughs> documents. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you. Um, that I say it all the time. All the time. <laughs> people will look at the boards and like every month and be like, "Who is this person who's like saying that we don't know who this person is?" And people have been working there for like decades, so they're like, "Who is this person in the top ten percent or top ten game with us?" What I've never heard of them before, and they'll be saying this to me, and I've been looking at them like, "Yo, I don't know who that is. They're just selling it." So then that me being able to do that job, well, I can go to my job, my person, and be like my supervisor and say like look I have an audition coming up in about a week I know I normally work on Tuesdays but I need to switch my off day for this day and even though it it is it is against the rules exceptions can be made for like exceptional work that's if done you show up yeah it's like mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna get the work done you know I'm a, you know I'm gonna slay it so like let's mm-hmm. just and it's 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 rules are not meant to be broken but they also can be bent and they are often bent for people all the time so let's not like I think that's another thing for dancers and marginalized folks to understand it's like we go in understanding the rules because we understand that to understand and play by the rules means survival in a way but at the same time that we are not exempt from rules being bent in our favor so if you see an opportunity take it or asking questions or asking questions what other um options are there in the world of supplementing a dance career because oh and a nutritionist Mm. yes that would be a good one. Because it, it's, it's, it goes back to the body. Yep, physical therapy. Physical therapy. That's huge. Uh, personal trainer. Yes. I mean, I, I think I mentioned that before, but also it's to have a personal trainer who knows that you're a dancer. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so that you're not, you know, doing something that's going to prevent you from being able to get the dance thing done. Like, that. that's, that's clutch. Uh, production assistant. Helps you sort of set up your tour dates and your mm-hmm. grant deadlines. <gasps> grant writer. Grant writer. That's huge. If you like to, if you like to do the words, if you like to write the words, I would suggest getting into some grant writing because everybody needs it in New York. And and they do. And I don't know if people know this, but a grant writer oftentimes negotiates either like a flat rate or a certain percentage of the grant that um, that mm-hmm. is awarded to the person they write the grant for. So that is a way that you can even like create your own standards of how you're going to get revenue off of applying for these grants. And incentives. I used to write grants yeah. like years ago, and it was great. Actually enjoyed it because there's a process because you I feel like you have to have someone who's writing it but then you also need the face of the grant yeah. so then when you have these like networking things that so there was someone else who did that part of it and smooth and talked to people and mm-hmm. I was the one writing that makes sense and then you know sort of understanding like what needs to be very like visible yeah mm-hmm. so yeah there's uh, honestly like this game that we're playing right now is like so plentiful that I'm just trying to figure out like <laughs> everything what have we missed. I mean, mental therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <gasps> therapist. <laughs> if it's someone who used to dance and understands it. Yes. Then, yeah, amazing. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we know any um, therapists who are dancers or are dancers? Heard I, of them, even if you don't know them in real life. I don't, and actually I, I was in an email thread where someone was asking specifically for someone who understands this lifestyle. Actually, I know now that I, I didn't know until like you just started speaking. I have a friend right now who is uh, not a friend. My ex's friend. Let's just mm-hmm. call it what it is. Um, <laughs> graduated from school with her degree in dance therapy. So I believe now she's working as a dance therapist, like mm-hmm. specifically with the conjunction of the two. So there's that avenue right there to remember. Hmm. I had a thought and I just lost it about dance therapy. Interrupt us when you have it. I think someone, a famous dancer, is going to school for that now. Dance therapy? Yeah. Or uh, psychology. I don't want to say the wrong name. (gasps) Modeling. There are so many dancers that I know Mm. who are literal, like, signed with, like, Wilhelmina or, like, Ford and, like, just model. Because, um goes back to the body and also the schedule of being a model and being a dancer like kind of similar so you can there's flexibility in both that could help each other but also if you've Mm -hmm. got the height and you got the frame and you don't mind you know starving yourself then go ahead and be a model also because i'm thinking of soje (laughs) you know soje no um he's on the artist of color council so that's how i know of him from movement research um but also i'm thinking of my friend maria when I danced with her in Lisa Monte dance, uh, she was a hand model, I believe. Hmm. But also just as a model. But I think she, uh, when I first talked to her, she was doing hand modeling. But um, 
Yeah, like it's that that'll definitely help. Cause like, first of all, there's endless headshots. Mm-hmm. If you ever need to advertise yourself, there's that. And right now we're living, we just call it what it is. We live in an Instagram age where part of um part of getting a dance job or getting an entertainment job has a lot to do with how many followers you have. So to have an aesthetically pleasing Instagram page that just garners followers. That's a thing now? It's not only just a thing, it's like almost Institu- it's almost like institutional. It's Gross. definitely a commercial thing. And it, it probably is seeping over into some other things, but being on the set of some like commercial shoots, I mean, they have their follower count written mm-hmm. on their profile. Like they're like this tall, oh, this eye God. color, this clothes size, and this many followers. Yes. Well, okay. it says right here. Um, and so, I mean, uh, the. Oh, yeah, I sent you that question, remember? Yeah, the Dance Magazine did a question or did an article about, is Instagram changing the dance world's value system? And I think one of the categories where they answered it is that um, the sentiment was, ooh. Well, what I saw was it said, yeah, because, like, students just want to learn, like, Instagram-ready poses and shots and then can't dance. Well, that's, well, hey, that's true. But then the other part that I think we were just talking about is social media fame can impact real-world decisions. Um, Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> all well, attention is not good attention appropriate oh no that's not what I want to read um, a dancer with avid followers can post their performance schedule and fans will actually follow when a professional dancer's social media presence can attract attention to a company in ways that an expensive marketing campaign can't one has to wonder if this new influence could act as leverage for casting and ranking mm-hmm. you better believe that when um, ticket sales spike the head office will notice Mm. So like that, when people are playing, that helps give me a lens or help give me a, a better understanding of why people are playing the Instagram game, who weren't initially playing it like last year or years before. Mm-hmm. And why we have clickbait. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah, why we have clickbait. Which you had to teach me about like a couple months ago. No thirst drop. God bless. It okay, fine, drop. whatever. She thought it was a thirst drop. Oh, thirst drop. Not trap? Yeah, we were saying thirst trap, mm-hmm. but she thought we said thirst drop. Oh. Melanie. Thirst trap, thirst drop, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> thirsty. You thirsty. Oh, okay, I got some other ones. What's up? That you can do. Website design. Huge. Tyrone Bevins. Tyrone Bevins. <laughs> Hit him up. All yeah. right, let me write that down. Oh, you can be, You can serve on the panel. Well, do, do you need, I feel like those things require that you already have a certain kind of establishment. Uh, it may or may not. Like, you can also reach out and say, hey, next time you have a panel on this, I would like to be on it. Oh, here's another one. Sperm donor. If you ever qualify, you can <laughs> real quick. What? Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> I just, so many problems came. Yeah. What problems are there if you don't the need it? The fact that there's going to be this this little human that's walking around looking like if you. If that aligns with your morals, then go ahead and do it. The same thing with we like, said in dance. Other other careers that are surround. It's about the body. Oh, and there's movement, movement and motion involved. It, what is dance? Movement. So okay. the other thing, oh. um, go go dancing. I have a lot of friends who are go go. That's dancing. true. Um, you can serve on funding panels. Help to be on the panels to know where the money's going. Yeah, that, that's. We need more. We need more folks in that, <gasps> which we need, means we need more politicians. We all, one of my roommates in college was interested in being a, like in politics specifically for dance. So, yeah, we do need that. Arts and culture. We need more um, lobbying. Like, if, if, yep. we, if you don't, if I say the word lobbying, you don't know what that means. That's like, that's one of the biggest reasons why we have certain laws that are passed that do not actually support the or benefit the general population because there's heavy lobbying. And lobbying is money. It is. It's it, very expensive. It's literally like paying politicians to make to pass or fight laws that support someone else's specific niche interests. Yeah, and their agendas. Agendas, that's exactly what the NRA is. It's a lobbying organization. I think we need to, and we should play the game of lobbying until we actually get to a point where we make it completely illegal. This should be completely illegal that any politician takes money at all from organizations. Like, even when it comes to funding your campaign, there shouldn't even be no funding your campaign. It should literally be like, Everybody gets the same stipend from our taxes. Everybody gets a million dollars to fund their thing. You spend that million dollars how you want to spend it. Mm-hmm. You want TV commercials. You want print media, whatever you want to do. And then from then on, you put your issues out there and we vote. And then we get to vote on our phones because you should not have to physically get up to do anything. There are some people who physically cannot get up mm-hmm. to do certain things, so you should be able to vote from your phone. 
And then once, you know, midnight strikes, we all get an update on who our next official is. Wouldn't that just be, wouldn't that, that just make sense? I don't feel like that Which is. why that's never going to happen. Boom. Okay. So. <laughs> we don't like right. common sense. Another thing you can do in this world, this dance world, is be a facilitator. Mm. In what way? Yeah. A facilitator? You can facilitate works in progress, showing, oh, yeah. sharing. Mm-hmm. But uh, aren't those things require you to have a certain kind of status before you get the opportunity to? I'm talking about things that you could just get into. I think we, we, we're talking about both. Okay. I think you could uh, throw a party if it was just up to you and curate it how you like. Mm-hmm. So then there's another one, curator. Yeah, for sure. Because that's a talent. It is. It is a talent, and it's not easy. People take it for granted. They really do. I can't even, like, not even, I can't. Like, I struggle with curating guests for the podcast. Like, it's, like, it's. And then also having this oh, this this insight, oversight, for, not oversight, foresight of understanding foresight. what. Foresight. Foresight. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> having that foresight to sort of understand, like, what sort of energies may yep. support certain things mm-hmm. or create good juicy dialogue yeah you can be a podcaster you can be a Come podcaster ain't, you know what i'm not gonna lie there is money in this game and, and you, when we hit it we'll let you know we, listen or maybe not no i would <laughs> no, i'm a i'm a i'm a distribution of resources and uh information so Come i would on. definitely let the world know how this happened once it actually happens um did we hit most of them are there any other ones That's, we did a lot we did a lot basically we're all different kind of people. Yeah. And we all found dance some way. Yeah. And you got other talents. So let those help you fester out what your main purpose is. And I think the other thing is that you have, or the, maybe the main part of this conversation is that we are living in a world now where just being a dancer, just being a choreographer, just being a dance teacher, or maybe, maybe being a dance teacher can support you, but just being in the performative side of dance is... Um, really difficult, specifically for those living in New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning all of these um, supplementary careers and jobs and, and interests and endeavors from people in New York because the hustle is real. You right. Know? And for me, what's been become like really exciting is that I'm starting to figure out, like if I felt like I was existing in these very different silos, mm-hmm. and now more so I'm starting to figure out how these different um, talents are, are sort of in conversation with each other yeah, and right. that they're not separate. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. how am I reading my reading how my writing informs my my performance work which informs how i facilitate which you know what i mean like once you can sort of understand the flow of things yeah it's from the same well yeah it's just like comes out different but then there's something about our society that likes to keep them siloed you know yeah which no i don't, I don't like it I sp- especially now it's like we're moving into this stage of you gotta do more than one thing the way you thought it was gonna work out might not always so and not saying that was just dance, but it's just like, you know, what are all your cards that yeah. you have to play? It wasn't until recently that I realized, like, oh, in the way that I I approach creating work in a studio, I have to also approach my career, which means I have to be creative. I yep. have to mm-hmm. sort of think outside of yep. what, like, information I'm given. Yep. And, 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 like, yeah, figure out different ways to move. If, if it doesn't work going right, what about left and round and through? Yeah. Round the corner. Yeah, and it took me a minute because, you know, again, we, you know, not we, I can speak for myself. This education system that we exist in is like, here are the things that you can do. Here is X, Y, and Z to get there. And mm-hmm. then it doesn't sort of facilitate and support this expansion of thought, which is why the arts are so important. Right. Yeah. When my when I went back home and my family was asking, like, so what do you do? Like, what's your job? And I'm like, I have about 10 jobs. Mm-hmm. And not, not that, like, I work all those jobs every day, but it's like my income is extremely diverse. So and that's due in part because it needed to be diverse, but the other half is because like that is that is survival right now. There's so many places, so many of my jobs are not contractual or like guaranteed. So even performing with a company, I only get paid for those performances when there are performances to do. Mm-hmm. Um, choreographic gigs when I have a gig, there's money coming in. Um, but even when it comes to like teaching. Um, there are off seasons, you know what I mean? There's like the summer when I'm not teaching, so what I need to do during those times, mm-hmm. you know? And all of those require effort and time, but at the same time, I'm learning that if one of these things were to fall out, the bottom were to fall out one of those places, I would still be okay because my income is that diversified. But I think you, it sounds like you you figure that out over time. Over like, time, yeah. Because it, it, takes, it takes a new way of understanding because like I come from a, a, you know, a, a, from parents 
who understand having one job mm -hmm. and having that job for 30 years and retiring from it. And like I had to explain to my family, like I manage like eight different email accounts yeah. and they're all on my phone. Yeah. And just that thought is just like, what and why? Yeah. And then it's, it's coming up again with like Instagram and Twitter mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and having all these different accounts that we're managing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy that we're not like running crazy. I think it's I think it's also because like we were our brains have been primed for that we grew up in the digital age we grew up in the in Instagram internet like we are a generation who remembers the full evolution of the internet from dial up screeching fax noises and where you couldn't use the house phone and the internet at the same time Oh my gosh yes or when somebody got on the phone and knocked you off and knocked right. you right so like we we grew up with it, so we understand it as if it's our little brother or sister. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so for us to have multiple emails account, multiple social media accounts, and have specific goals and tasks for each one of those based on what the community is, then they, our parents don't get that because they're like, I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also interesting about that, for like, because when I was in Cuba, yeah. the internet system is different where you have to purchase a card that has time on it, and mm -hmm. then you have to sit in a public space. So you have to sit in the park or wherever Wi-Fi is available. So you'll see like a park where everybody, that's all they're doing is working, is online. Mm -hmm. Because once you step away from that space, you don't have access to the internet anymore. Wow. And so there was this, you know, there's always this period of like withdrawal and fear because you're like, I am I feel disconnected from my world. Yeah. And then, then there becomes like a, a relief and release of like, wow, I don't, I'm not going to check my phone every three seconds because I can't. Nothing has been updated because there's, yeah. no there's no internet. And it's pretty it's pretty liberating. But it then also scary. Totes liberating and totes scary. I was just talking with my mom on the phone because she, she's trying to switch up her job. She's been teaching drama for a long time. And she's like, you know, I don't love this as much. And there's so many other things that she wants to do, which opened me up to, I mean, everything she's provided for me and my siblings is basically what she wants now, which is um, comforting and really brave of her just to be like, you know, I'm not going to go after this lifestyle that they've always done. And I don't know if she sees it for us and maybe other young people, but there's so many ways to do it. And you can be in charge of what you do. It's hard, but it's freedom. Yeah, it's hard, but it's freedom. And I think that's the beautiful thing about surviving in New York because mm -hmm. I think all of us we made we're all transplants so coming to New York was we had our own preconceived notions about what this place was going to be what successes we were going to find when we got here and literally every step of the way New York is like I felt like New York was literally like slapping me with like stop trying to um, stop trying to exist in a fantasy world and I need you to be here like, every time I had a fantasy about what my life should be like in New York, New York's like, stop that. Yeah, that, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Like, I, that's interesting. Because I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And so, like, I found spaces where I can't imagine. And, like, I went on this walking tour in my neighborhood um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it was to all, like, these, these like, mansions. And, like, yeah. one floor, one, one house was six stories. The other one was four. And I was like, see, I need to keep seeing this stuff so that I don't, so that I don't forget, not forget, but feel like this this box that I exist in is the only space I can live in. Right. It's not. There are other things that I can aspire to or work toward if I choose to and not be like, oh, that doesn't, that's not available to me. No, they exist. Like, when I first saw someone in New York who had a dishwasher, I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's a thing here? <laughs> that is fucking amazing. Because I miss my dishwasher mm -hmm. from home. I miss it, y'all. It makes things so much easier. <sighs> I had one in my last place, and I definitely do miss it. I just, there's so many things. I felt so rich in North Carolina, and I felt like I really, I experienced a very different form of, of poverty when I moved to New York. Like, it was, it was humbling for sure. It's like scarcity of legit resources. Things I thought I needed to live, they said, no, you don't. You don't need a closet. What you talking about? Right. Oh, yeah, you don't need a closet. Oh, you want this much? You don't, and that's the thing. Like, anytime I buy something, I have to give something away. Mm -hmm. That's what you're telling yourself? Or because you don't have the space. Because I don't have the space. Yeah. And then it lets me see, like, well, actually, I didn't need all this shit. That too. That too. Yeah. That realization. I need to do a purge this summer. Thank you for saying that. I have, I don't have a closet, and I'm using, like, a bookshelf as a dresser, which is real cute. It's not, it's not a problem. I like the, I like the challenge. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm also realizing that I've been buying clothes and not throwing away clothes. And also, I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't worn this shirt in a year. Do I even need it anymore? Do I want it? Yo, can we do, we should figure out how to do a clothing swap. Because yeah. I, I just saw, I walked past Goodwill on the way here. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they were taking those clothes, either to the trash or what. But they get plenty. So I'm just like, can we do a clothing swap? Or yeah. I've given mm-hmm. my stuff to the women's shelter. Yeah, I'd rather get my clothes. clothes to a shelter than a, than a place that's going to resell them. Or like a... There's an, uh, I love events where you can bring an item and then leave it something else. Yes. It's a swap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically a swap. <laughs> <laughs> She's at a verse. Right. But, yeah, bring it some, leave it something else. Like, What if we orchestrated, like, a dancer swap of, like, dance clothes? Would that or work? Or just clothes. Because, you know. We'll yeah. You can make jeans. anything dance clothes. Yeah. Right. Bye-bye. Boom. I'm actually, like, only buying, like, repurposed clothes to dance in. Me too. I'm about, to sweat, I'm about to sweat out. Look, I be looking at stuff like even when I have on now, I'm like, could I, if I needed to, all of a sudden impromptu do an improv? Mm-hmm. Yes, I could. Here we go. This, this <laughs> is this, like my clothes when I purchase them, I, I think about that. Like, could this also double oh, as yeah. a costume? Yeah. And once you do it once, it's a wrap. Part of my part of my wardrobe <laughs> has grown because I'm like, I need to buy a costume. So I go to H&M, which I probably should stop doing that. But I go to a clothing <laughs> store, and I buy They said black top, so I got a black top. And now I'm wearing it. It's part of my fit. And I, you know, right. And then I probably um, keep the receipt so I can I've get my, that. you know, so I can, what you call it, get my, re- my refund or my, what you call it, when you. Uh, Exchange? Reimbursement? No, what's the word when you go to, th- when you do your taxes and you're an uh, independent contractor Write it off, and so I can write it off. Mm-hmm. That's where there so I keep my receipt, so I can write it off. Which made me think of something else you can do in this field, which is be a hairstylist. I don't know if we said that. Mm. No, we haven't. But, but you, you made me think of it because I uh, recently because you can't return uh, weave. So that sounds right. Um, if there's anybody out there that braids hair, please hit us up. Oh my so gosh! I can, know. Right. Yeah. So can I yeah. can I get a cornrow that's not going to be like, you know, one fifty? Right. Please. <laughs> It's like I'll be obscene. I'm just trying to slick it back. Gosh. So if y'all out there, hit us up. Right. You also mentioned being a meal plan, a meal planner. You also mentioned <laughs> being a nutritionist. I I create and meal plans, and also like I have created some meals, like cooked some meals for people in recent Ooh. past. So like I'm not consistent, y'all. I'm not currently doing it because I don't have the time. But it's also in my wheelhouse of things that I've done and I've generated some money off wheelhouse. of. I've also edited, I'm a podcast editor, so what I do. So if you have a podcast that you would like to mm-hmm, have edited mm-hmm. and you don't have the time, I can talk to you about that. Because that's important too, because sometimes we have the skills, but we don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, let's be real, like sometimes it's better to delegate. Some of the best leaders are ones who can appropriately delegate. Mm-hmm. I think appropriately. Also, appropriately. Yes. And my, my patron saint, Beyonce, taught me to know how to do the thing. So even though if you're not going to be the one pulling the levers, typing the buttons, you, you can still speak to it in the jargon. So like, mm-hmm. I know a lot about lighting design, even though I have never been at a lighting board so that I can sit there and tell you what it is that I need. And you not make my my dance look shitty. And speak the lighting language. And speak the lighting language. Because so it is a beautiful like skill to have. Like they're also artists. Like I yeah. I, I recently did one. I was like, actually, I want to collaborate with you. Like mm-hmm. at this moment. What do you see? Right. Put whatever lights you want, whatever colors you want. I I trust you. Right. Another right. thing that you made me think of. As, as a career is a personal shopper like I love doing that like if someone's Ooh, like yeah. I need this many costumes I need these colors mm-hmm. can you people love that they're like yes. yeah I'll go mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. give me what's my budget right. give me the doulers I'm gone boom I also make fish plates on <laughs> every second Saturday I'm selling them on the corner of Halsey and Matt. <laughs> what kind Stop. of fish uh, we got whiting catfish only um, every other month Every other month. When you catch it. When you catch it. Because you're farming it. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Because I am farming it. I'm doing fish plates. You will be the (laughs) uncle with the sandals out there. I got fish plates. fish plates. Yes. I got a deep fryer if you want to borrow. Look, and that's why y'all need to collab too. Exactly. (laughs) I might go out and get some fish today now that we're talking. Okay. Do you want to talk about this Dance Magazine article? How much can you make in dance? Here are more than 200 actual salaries. Mm -hmm. I would encourage everybody to take a look. Actually, the link to this um, article is going to be in the description box wherever you're listening. There's over 200 different salaries that have the... um, categories of job title, what the 2017 income looked like, how many weeks of work that they worked, was it part-time or full-time, which organization do they feel like sharing, 
what location and years of experience in that area like and it's just over 200 different salaries that you can look at because it just details the varied um it details the varied kind of income that people get in dance related fields like there's based on location based on location and also gender it said that above it's like understanding there's also a gender gap yeah in pay oh yeah definitely because like and not, there's a gender gap in work as well. Like, yeah. and not, okay, gender gap in expectation of work. So I've always noticed and always said that male dancers get away with a lot less. I mean, get away with more for doing a lot less in companies where, like, first or second year in the company, they get offered a solo where female dancers, women dancers are often struggling to get a solo in their fourth or fifth year. Um, male dancers getting offered raises much sooner than women dancers are getting offered raises and they are I've always noticed that women are the first one to get to the rehearsal the ones to actually work the hardest and then also um, you know have the least issues like mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of male dancers walk into rehearsal late leave early um, need to be coddled a lot more like require more and then women literally come in and like do what the job describes workhorse workhorse so there's that gap let's keep noting that um, I would encourage everybody to continue to step on in here to the dance magazine and read this, take a gander, get your feelings out, compare with your friends. And I think the other thing we need to we need to like also open up the take the lid off of this like concealing of what we're making, especially dancers, because the more that we keep hiding what we're making, the more that the myth can continue to grow that some people are doing really, really well when we are actually in the more similar struggle like learning about people who have their work performed at the joyce who are also concerned about their getting paid this month helped me Mm -hmm. go like oh okay so like it's not all like exactly just because your work is showing at the joyce doesn't mean that you have billions of dollars not even billions but just like a couple thousand right (laughs) that is so important and then also because there's like these myths of uh i think there's like a disparate a disparate what's the word i'm looking for disparity Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. When we keep it secret. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, are we ready to wrap this thing on up? Let's wrap it up. Get my fish plate. Get, uh, come on, get your fish plate. Um, yeah. So what you doing, Wendell? What's got going on? I have a party slash performance that's happening at Shea Bushwick, which is in Bushwick, duh. Um, it's August 6th, and I'll be sending out some... This is coming out the 7th. Oh, it happened yesterday. <laughs> it was amazing. I wish you all could have been here. Um, but I do have, I'm going to be performing at Movement Research Justin Church on September 17th. I'll be showing some new work. Mm-hmm. Super excited about it. It's my first time showing work um, at Justin Church. So definitely everybody come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Justin Church is such a great place to show work, honestly. Like it's mm-hmm. it has its like connotations or it has its like, Everybody has their own personal feelings about it. Mm-hmm. But I think what I appreciate most about it is it literally is just like, here's space and opportunity. And they say what they mean, they mean what they say. Mm-hmm. So if you want to just sit in a chair and think about an idea and let people watch you think. That's you, okay. That's right. It. That's where I'm at. But <laughs> yeah, hopefully I got some more. I'm not going to stress myself out too much because it's a month away. <laughs> right, yeah. So, Let's call it what it is. It's a month away. Yeah, and it needs to be the first step to something that can grow. Yeah. That's why I'm not worried about it being the show. Yeah. I really want to have a future conversation about this idea of a work in progress, a work in process, mm-hmm. and how people interpret that, that statement. In a world where you're trying to come up and mm-hmm. be seen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And For also sure. whether you're using the word progress or process. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Because in some spaces, I find that they use it synonymously with one another. So I just like, I and when I write things, I just use the language that the organization uses. Yeah. So they say emerging artists. I'm like, sure, emerging artists. Or like, not well known or not, you know, whatever language. I'm like, that is what I am. Because you're saying the same thing. And I don't really, I'm not splitting hairs for you guys. And also, I tend to show my work in progress things as completed works. Like in my brain, like this is, this is complete at this moment. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I'm going to revisit it, then I will. But I will still call it a work in progress because, you know, I don't I'm not going to like fight you if you said this is unfinished. Sure. Well, on brand with what I'm working on currently, I call it a journey in progress. Ooh, journey in progress. Yeah. Yes. And it'll be a journey until we've arrived. Until we've gotten here. So what you working on? What you got going on? What I got going on is I have three shows coming up in September. 
Two of them are um, a work that's a collaboration with a friend, Brianna. It's called Taming the Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also doing a work with someone that um, we'll see when it gets closer to to happening. It's going to yeah. be in Times Square. Ooh. So I have that. Mm. And then I have the Bogliasco Fellowship coming up in October. Bogliasco. So I'll be going. I'll be gone the whole month of October in Italy. Yes, babe. Oh yeah, I got a lot, it. lot of go lots of going on. I can't wait to hear about what life is like when you get back from Italy. I know, because I'm going to be working on my work that I want to create an evening yes. length for. Yes. Okay, that makes me happy. Okay. Yay! So what, what do you? What? Let me ask. So Jay, what you got going on? Um, nothing. You know, I'm just out here eating quinoa and you know drinking water. I'm drinking water, getting my melanin to pop severely uh my melanin pops severely um i want that on a shirt my melanin pops severely instead of my pussy pops severely oh i keep <laughs> when you say pop i just think about a pimple I'm thanks sorry. wendell yeah right <laughs> <laughs> um what am i oh i'm still deep in my research about trauma and um excavating my traumas healing from my traumas um in my rituals, I'm meditating in the morning. I'm pulling tarot cards. I am journaling in seven different journals. I'm, you know, writing myself out of ancestral debt and karmic debt. So um, the work that I'm building is all based around those things. So all of this is connected, deeply connected to one another. So I'm, I'm just in, I'm in the research phase. I'm in the deep process right now. So I'm really um, staying, oh, I don't like the word present anymore. I'm staying authentic with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to find another word later on in life. But the word presence, I'm not working. I'm not liking it anymore. In the now of it? You mean like in the now, right? The, the in the now. Oh, I think I part of it, my my dislike for presence, the word people using the word presence is that people tell you to be present. And I'm just like, I'm, a, I'm getting a little like, uh, what is that major that you can study but you can't really get a career in? Philosophy. I mean, the ph philosophy of the word presence, I'm, I'm starting to understand that, at least in my life, presence doesn't exist. There's either the past or the future. And um, the moment that you're aware of yourself, aware of something, it is technically in the past. So, to, like, to try to be present. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, yeah. even uh, there's there's time that passes that from our eyes recognizing something to our brain recognizing the image that our eyes received. So... Everything is basically in the past. We're living in the past, technically, by that definition. And also, to be present, people are saying that you should not be aware of other things that are not in the room or in, like, the conversation in the psychic space. But when I go to see shows, like, I go to see anything, and my brain has, like, a trailing off thing. I have an idea pop up. I write it down in my journal. So I feel like I have two separate minds happening at the same time, processing information from the show and processing the psychic space. I don't like the idea that my psychic space has no value or that I should ignore that psychic space. Time travel. Time. You, you've been thinking about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have been, a lot, because I like the word presence. So I'm That's not, I'm being authentically here. That sounds corny. Enough of that. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dance Union Podcast. You can um, listen to us on the, what do you call that uh, listening service? Uh, Apple Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, as well as the Google Play Music. Um, also, please follow us on social meds. You can follow us on uh, Instagram at The Dance Union, as well as Facebook at The Dance Union as well. And if you have any questions or if you want to continue to engage with us, um, please email us at The Dance Union Podcast. That is spelled out all one word, The Dance Union Podcast at gmail.com, T H E D A N C E P O D C A S T at gmail.com. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. We're not going to bite. Um, not hard it at all, though. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else is there's other things I missed oh yes if you like what you're listening to please make sure that you you know like rate give us like five stars five stars five stars um, tell people tell a rehearsal director tell a friend tell an auntie about us share us on your social medias um, get the word out here because I like what we're doing and I feel like you might as well so let's like make this thing pop in you know what song should we have as an exit no for <laughs> Drama. Hey. <laughs>
I'm so tired. I'm so tired.